0: This is Together 24-7, episode 122.
1: I have a great new idea for a new contest.
0: I know you do. Tell me about it. Okay.
1: So we want to promote you guys, our listeners, and we want to promote your business. So what do you win in this contest?
0: You win a commercial on our podcast that'll be run for four straight Monday episodes.
1: And it's really forever because like embarrassing pictures on Facebook, it's going to be forever like on a podcast. And you can enter in one of three ways. Way number one is to go to iTunes, rate and review us, take a screenshot of your rate and review, and email it to us.
0: And the next way is either in iTunes or Google Play Music, subscribe to our podcast. And again, take a screenshot showing that you subscribe to it and email us.
1: The email address is info, I-N-F-O, at together247.net. The third way to enter is to go to the website – www.together247.net and sign up for our newsletter. So go ahead, enter the contest and keep your fingers crossed because we know somebody's going to be a winner each and every month.
0: Good luck. Welcome to Together 247, the show that talks to entrepreneurial couples about their business lives, their personal lives, and how to balance both without driving each other crazy. Here's your hosts, Barry and Catherine Cohen. Showing how you can be business partners with your sweetheart and sweethearts with your business partner. Barry and Catherine have been married since 1996, in business together since 2003, and have survived to talk about it. Hello, Catherine. Hello, Barry. We're together 24-7. That's right. So, welcome to our show, everybody.
1: The show that interviews crazy couples in love and in business together.
0: Crazy, insane, nuts, Um but yeah, happy as anything. Happy
1: as anything, that's right. Well, we hope so. We hope If we we'll, find we'll... out stuff on this show, it's just, well, we could get higher ratings. But anyway, so today we have Sharon and Sam Elswick of Holiday House Bed and Breakfast in Orange, Virginia, and it just occurred to me that it's holiday, like Doc Holiday, or a name, H-O-L-L-A-D-A-Y, which you'll see on the show notes. But it's not like holiday with the I. Like a vacation. Like a vacation or Christmas or you know New Year's or something like that. So it's an actual name. It's a bed and breakfast. They've been in business together 10 years this September. This September being 2016, which we are in.
0: And this episode is actually going to play after that.
1: Right. So they will have been in business 10 years and... One month when the episode releases, and then you could figure it out from there. Uh, they are married. They spent six years dating. Which one of you couldn't make up your mind?
2: <laughs> I would say probably me. <laughs> <laughs> Figures.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> six years dating, 15 years married. Um,
0: well, at least the wait was
2: worth it. At
1: least the wait was worth it. That's right. Uh, the wait
2: was absolutely worth it.
1: Excellent. Good answer, Sam. Good answer. Uh, children, they have nephews
0: Yay! and
1: there's a little smiley face after that. So do you sugar them up and send them home?
3: Absolutely.
1: And as children, did you buy them loud musical instruments for the holidays and birthdays and stuff?
3: And obnoxious electronic equipment.
1: My type of people.
0: Beautiful. I love it.
1: That's what we did. That's what we did. If it was something. And a drum set. And a drum set. That's right. If it's something the parents didn't want trust the aunt and uncle with no children to buy it for them. <laughs> so Sharon, you grew up in northern Jersey and moved all the way down south to northern Virginia. You know, for yes. people who don't for people who don't like really know their geography or didn't grow up on the east coast, it's what from northern Jersey to, you know, down to Virginia it's what a five five and a half hour drive. Less than that. Yeah, and but it's well, if I'm driving, it's less than that. Um, if your father's driving, it's like twice as much. <laughs> but uh, but it's like two totally different worlds. So I understand when you when you wrote all the way down south during your high school years. And your earliest and fondest memories are all about food, family gatherings, meals with friends, traveling internationally. Um, and you had mentioned before we started recording that your maiden name is Cohen. So, uh, like the Italian, right, you get points, but like the Italian and me, uh, being Jewish. Yeah. It's all about food and how much can your family shove down your throat while you're telling them that you have eaten twice as much as you care to, and you will pass out from all the food that you've just eaten. So...
3: Say, Absolutely. There's a lot of starving children in the world.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> Not in our family. Well, yeah. <laughs> There's children starving. Finish your plate. I never understood that. You are a book nerd and band geek. You I love, am. You love going to Broadway shows. But you get cool kids points for baking up some seriously good cookies and bread. So you are a baker. You're the baker. Yes. Should you win the lottery? But a good lottery, not the $2, okay, I won the scratchers, but a really, really good lottery, you would uh, spend all of your time traveling, and somebody else would run the show.
0: Why aren't we all hanging out? Because you sound like everything that we want to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. got the food, you got the traveling, you bake. I like to eat baked foods.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good to me. I don't bake. I cook, I don't bake. Yeah, I I could, but I don't. I really don't like to bake. Anyway, uh, you're hoping that uh, your mom was correct when she said knowledge is never lost. So you did go into retail. You had an internship on Madison Avenue in the Supreme Court. That's pretty good, because you have to be well behaved if if your internship is in the Supreme Court, don't you? Yes, for the most part. Mm,
0: yeah. <laughs> And that's why I, I like that for the most part. yeah and that's why I
1: never that's why I never did one of those internships. That, those I know wild about. holiday parties. With I know Ruth Ginsburg. Uh, I know <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> uh, and a demographic information marketing company. Uh, real life had you working in the consulting world. the business to government marketing world Wow media sales. And mom was right because you took all that and you bought a an in with your BFF also known as The Hubby. She said, best friend. I added BFF. So don't think less of Sharon, think less of me. And Sam, you grew up in the dry plains of West Texas. (laughs)
2: That's correct.
1: And also mountains. Now, growing up, we had one pronunciation of these mountains when we learned about them in East Tennessee. And now, if you're watching the History Channel, they have another pronunciation of these uh, mountains, just like it was Neanderthal and Neanderthal. So right. what are the mountains that you grew up in in East Tennessee?
2: Uh, the Appalachians.
1: So they are the Appalachians, okay. We called them the Appalachians. That's what our teachers told us. That's I,
2: I've, I've heard both um, both from natives of Tennessee and non-natives of Tennessee, so I think it just kind of depends.
0: So they're both correct,
2: yeah.
0: or they're both wrong,
2: or they're both right. wrong. And
1: it's totally, it's totally different. And, we and have it, it's no pronounced
2: idea.
0: Schwartz.
1: And it's pronounced Schwartz, right? Yes. Now His...
2: regionally, they say that it's Appalachia.
1: Appalachia, okay. Yeah, I still say it's Neanderthal. Um, <laughs> I, I agree. am sticking with Neanderthal, not Neanderthal, because uh, they were rather short, actually. So there you have it. <laughs>
2: Oh boy. And also, (laughs) this is what I deal with 24 7, folks. 24 7. /7.
1: (laughs) History rich rolling hills of central Virginia. You are a writer, an historian, and an archaeologist by education. Why do you use the little brushes? But, I mean, at what point do you bring the little brushes in? Because that seems very tedious to me. Like, I'd like to go on an archaeological dig, but that seems very tedious to me. It's like
0: cleaning the bathroom with a toothbrush,
1: right? Yeah.
2: It's extraordinarily tedious, which is why I'm now an innkeeper.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he doesn't clean the bathrooms with a toothbrush. He does the, you know, (laughs) more efficient way. Um, You're an innkeeper by profession. You love Marvel Comics. So, Agents of Shield, right? Doesn't that come back this week? I think
2: it. It does, I believe.
0: Or, or two months ago when our listeners are hearing this. Yeah, right. <laughs> but there. So wait a second. Oh, and isn't this season amazing? Remember that one episode?
1: <laughs> so, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Looking for so Marvel comics fan, sci-fi fan. Uh, what what's your opinion of DC comics?
2: Oh, I like DC Comics. I just tended to tor- more, towards, uh, more towards Marvel Comics growing up. The DC Comics movies I don't think are as good as the Marvel movies, but that's just my personal opinion.
1: They're a little dark. I, f- I find them to be a little, little too dark for me.
2: Yeah, they're a little heavy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't need to learn a lesson in sci-fi. Anyway, uh, science <laughs> tell fiction. That Gene t- tell that to Gene Roddenberry. Tell that to Gene Roddenberry. You learn a lesson every week. That's right. That's right. Good old Gene May. Rest in peace. Uh, you wanted to be Indiana Jones. And write the I, next great novel. Well, you had to be Indiana Jones to come back and write the next great novel. I mean, he went out, he had an adventure, he came back, he taught his students about it. So there absolutely. You, there you have it. Deep down, you're a simple country boy who likes the outdoors and cooking good food for other people. You have had a diverse career. You started as a dishwasher in your teens. I did that. <laughs> Upscale small. T- did you really? I
0: did. My first job, I was cleaning pots and pans at Seth's Kosher Meats. On Staten Island. They don't exist anymore.
1: Seth's kosher meats doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Are you the kid that brought in the uh brought in the glass of milk to the uh meat section of the uh <laughs> of the kosher kitchen?
0: No, but I may have had a piece of bacon or two.
1: Okay. Uh we'll put uh show note references for what we just talked about, because the rest of us understand it and you may not. Um You have loaded trucks and warehouses, written technical manuals and documents for Fortune 100 companies, published historical research, worked as a groundkeeper, provided consulting services and software training to the U.S. military. Oh, that must have been fun. Um, I'm tired just hearing it. (laughs) That must have been fun. I mean, go ahead.
2: I, I spent an awful lot of time on random army bases in very crazy parts of the country.
0: Isn't that where all the Army bases are?
2: Well, yeah, I guess you could say that.
1: (laughs) And all of that funnels down, and you are an innkeeper with your wife.
0: Well, I've got to understand how that led, because I'm going to interject here, Catherine. And I apologize for cutting in on your time, but, you know, (laughs) how does providing consulting services and software training to the military bring you to it being an innkeeper. <laughs> I I'm trying I'm trying to get the connect the dots, unless it was just, oh yeah, I've had enough of this. I gotta open up an inn.
2: Uh it, probably more the latter. Okay. It was um uh we we uh lived and worked in the in the Washington DC Northern Virginia area and and if uh, you don't know anything about the the geography of that part of the country it's um uh, it 's very hustle and bustle uh there 's an awful lot of traffic there 's a lot of people it 's high density and very high tech and we just were looking for a lifestyle change We had kind of had all we could handle of, uh, of all of that and uh we were uh looking to get back into um uh, a smaller town um, a, a smaller community an area where um, there was more of a pastoral setting um, I had with my history and archaeology background I always wanted to live at, in a historic property uh, in nice um, country area and um, so we kind of put all of that together and put all of our experiences together and and uh, and decided that maybe maybe operating a bed and breakfast in a nice country town would be the the thing to do so that's what we did.
1: And that's what you guys are doing. How old is the house? Uh,
2: The house was built roughly around 1830. Um, So uh, uh, it's been around. It's one of the oldest properties here on Main Street in the town of Orange. Uh, So it's been around for quite some time. It's one of the few um, properties here in town that was uh, actually standing during the lifetime of President James Madison. So we're very proud of that.
0: We'll assume the house has been upgraded a couple of times.
2: A few times. It's had some additions put on over the years.
0: Indoor plumbing?
2: Absolutely. Okay, just wanted to check. You <laughs> we to... don't make our guests use the outhouse outside.
0: That's, that's you know... always good. Uh, and <laughs> it sounds like they actually have an outhouse outside.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, for historical not purposes. Not anymore, but I'm sure that there was one, and it probably had a Sears and Roebuck catalog in it.
1: <laughs> oh. Sears and Roebuck. I did not know that that's what the outdoor reading was in an outhouse.
2: Oh, it wasn't for the reading.
1: Okie dokie. Well then. (laughs) (laughs) Now you've, now you've thrown me completely, completely off. So with your, (laughs) with your history background, um, is is that, does that kind of play at all with, uh, with having the B and B, um, you know, do, do you talk about the history of the town and the history of the area? Because for those of you who've not been to the Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia area, that whole thing, from everything from Pennsylvania down to, I guess, South Carolina, well, Massachusetts, and the whole East Coast, the original 13 colonies, people, if you've not done that, if you've not visited any of those places, just full of history and charm and amazing stuff. So does that come into play with uh, with what you do with the... The B and B.
2: Without a doubt, it does. In fact, um, it's one of the reasons why we uh, wanted to do it in this area as opposed to any other area. Uh, My uh, area of interest in history was um, American colonial history, and so you're right in the heart of it here, Um, being right near Washington, D.C. There's eight presidents that came from the state of Virginia. Um, Many of their houses are still in the state of Virginia. Uh, James Madison grew up uh, in. Orange County right here, not too far from us. Thomas Jefferson was just uh, down the, down the road and at Charlottesville. And I love the historic landscape. I love everything about um, the central Virginia history and I love talking about it. So um, it's one of the main attractions that our guests have when they come here is they want to hear about the history and, and how our house relates to the history in the area. And um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a big part of what we do here.
1: And I I didn't ask permission to ask this question before so uh if we need to if we need to cut it out we will. Are there any people living in your house from the way back when that um lived there before and can only be seen at night?
0: Ghosts people ghosts. <laughs>
2: Um, I cannot speak to whether or not there are actually ghosts here. We have not seen any evidence of any, but I wouldn't rule it out either.
1: Okay. So tell us why you guys started in business together. You touched on it a little bit, but tell us some more. Go ahead, Sharon. Oh, well, <laughs> we, uh,
3: first and foremost, wanted to live out in the countryside in a historic home and decided, well, how do we feed ourselves and still live out this way? And uh, the bed and breakfast was a great idea. We definitely wanted to, um, you know, we, we, we had been together for a good number of years by that point, and we just really wanted to deepen our relationship and our partnership, and we just, just thought that combining our talents and allowing ourselves to live in a place that we both agreed to to live in was was a great way to do it.
1: And so do, is this your first entrepreneurial adventure together or did you guys do something before that or maybe separately any any adventures in working for yourself? <laughs> Now this was
3: our first foray actually, so we uh, I was 30 Sam was 31 ten years ago when we bought the place and um, so it was our first attempt at
1: entrepreneurship and we've been doing it for ten years and love it well that's good and and you're both here uh, to talk to us about it so. and they sound happy and they sound happy that's always <laughs> that's always a plus so you know you you had especially and I don't want to say especially Sam, but kind of especially Sam with um, with working with the military and everything. But you kind of had high-stress jobs, high-stress um,
0: careers. You don't think working at the Supreme Court of the United That's States true. is high-stress? That, that
1: would be high-stress. What's stress? wrong with you, woman? That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, government, marketing, world. Okay, so you both had these really high-stress careers and everything. How did you how did you calm down? I guess it is the only way I can put it and decide that, um, you could do this without ruining your relationship. Cause it, I would think it takes a totally different personality to run a B than it does to deal with the people that you dealt with, you know, in, in the DC area for all those years.
2: Uh, without a doubt. And, um, I wouldn't say that we ever actually calmed down. <laughs> <laughs> those jobs were all very high stress, but in a different way. Um, uh, running a B and B is actually still very high stress. Um, anytime you're running a, a business on your own and your paycheck is dependent on how successful you are at running your business, there's always going to be st- stress involved. And in my previous jobs, um, although they were high stress jobs, I had a steady paycheck. It was you know I was a salaried employee. I was guaranteed a certain amount of money every month, and I knew when the money was coming in. Um, yeah, running running a, a B&B or any business for that matter, but particularly any kind of retail business, um, you know, it has ebbs and flows and ups and downs, and you know, sometimes you're scratching your head wondering how you're going to make ends meet, and other times um, you're in the in the land of plenty. So um, it, you're right; it does take a, a particular kind of person to um, want to accept that level of uncertainty and unpredictability in all aspects of your life.
3: I think some of the the key is to uh turn that off in front of guests. You know, they're here to relax and they don't need a feed off of any of that. It needs to all happen in the background. So we were able to we knew ourselves that we would be able to be very calm, customer facing and provide a great experience and then go back in the kitchen and whirlwind it out <laughs> whenever the issues were. Make sure that nothing was seen in front of the curtain.
2: As far as our guests are concerned, everything is a a pleasant, serene, comfortable experience. They don't they don't have any. Uh, generally speaking, most of them don't have any inkling as to what happens behind the scenes to uh, uh, t- to make the magic happen.
0: Nor do they care. Nor do right. So
2: they they no. really don't. They're paying for a particular kind of experience, and we're happy to give that to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I think it, I think the the. For me, the toughest thing would be to always have that happy face on and you've always got guests and it's not like they go home at night like your customers, um, you know, they're there all the time. So that would be tough for In me.
0: the dark, they can hear you yelling at each That's other. That's right. In the
1: dark, they can hear you yelling at
0: each other. <laughs> and it's not the ghosts.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> ghosts don't yell that loud. So tell me, Division of Labor, who does what uh, with the inn? It sounds like you both, well, I don't know, do, does one cook and one bake and who does what and how do you... Divide up the labor tasks and check in with each other?
2: Um, That was one of the uh, first um, major decisions that we uh, had to make. And it wasn't one that we, um, it's not like we sat back one day and said, you know what we need to do? We need to do A, B, and C. Um, It sort of grew organically out of the fact that uh, when we first started the business, um, we were very uh, intent on. Um, the partnership aspect. And both of us had to be able to do everything and anything at any given time. And um, and so we just sort of had that expectation for each other that if something needed to be done, one of us was going to take care of it. Um, but what ended up happening was um, we kind of ended up dancing on each other's toes all the time. And um, uh, in order to overcome that, we finally had to just say, well, okay, um, we each need our own sphere of influence that um, although both of us can do all the aspects of the business, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that we should be doing all of them at the same time all the time. So, um, we just, uh, kind of looked at what we both enjoyed doing the most and where our aptitudes were and, um, and just kind of went from there.
3: So our joke is Sam CEO, I'm C-O-O-C-M-O, Sam C-F-O. So yeah, we try and joke around about it.
2: My but we make sure now. that whatever, um, whatever aspect of the business, uh, one of us is responsible for, um, the other person, um, um, makes sure that that person is the one who is making the decision. They defer to that person's decision. So that keeps us from, um, having any major disagreements and, and things of that nature. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if, uh, if Sharon is Uh, responsible for the marketing, which she generally is. Uh, All the marketing decisions are made by her. We'll talk about it and we'll discuss it. And uh, sometimes we might disagree, but at the end of the day, she's the one that makes that decision and I'm okay with that. So that's kind of one way that we we prevent um, uh, major disagreements. And
0: do you guys have employees or is it just the two of you doing everything?
2: Um, We do have employees. Um, Most of the uh, running of the actual business is uh, Sharon and I. Um, and then we have some assistance with some of the day-to-day operations, um, the the housekeeping and the and the cleaning and some of the maintenance tasks and some of that stuff. We have uh, employees that help us out with that stuff too.
0: And the two of you are in the kitchen together. We are. So, who comes up with the menus? Who cooks what? Do you each have your own specialties? Obviously, Sharon, you're the baker. I'm going to assume you have fresh bread every morning for your guests.
3: I do, and fresh homemade chocolate chip cookies at night and sam sam is quality control for the cookies
0: so
2: throughout the day he does i have to make sure that they're tested and fresh or when and, right. when, when
0: i grow up i want to be sam <laughs>
2: yeah. i've gained 30 pounds since
0: we've lived here, here
1: here's a, here's a napkin could you wipe the drool off your face please <laughs> Sam Sam's
3: title is also of his many titles he's meat consultant so that's his kind of his aptitude in the kitchen so anything that has to do with cooking um meat or meat heavy dishes he definitely does i do most of the baking um and then we actually come together and create dishes together like the new dishes, so and then we'll then we'll uh, invite unsuspecting friends and family over to test it out before we actually serve it to guests. So. I'm sure
0: that's horrible for them.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah. So research and development here is really terrible.
1: <laughs> for our guests that have never been to b and B, you must go because the food is awesome. And that is the the quaintness of being in a and B. The you know the funness of of just. Sort of, it's like you're, it's like you're hanging out with family that you've never met, and is and family that is so much less obnoxious than your real family, and then you get to eat, and you could gain a lot of weight over the weekend uh, when you go to a B and B. So that's that's my little plug for B and B's,
0: especially especially holiday house B and B,
2: absolutely, <laughs> and everything that you said is a completely one hundred percent true. I, I know because I'm the quality control guy.
1: That's right, and and you test, <laughs> and you test the cookies, and you test, I the, test cookies. the cookies.
2: I, w- I want to ask one more
0: question about the food, if I may, because you're in a in a historic house. Do you do meals that are historic in any sense, or do you just go with traditional? Hey, this is modern breakfast. Here's a whole boatload of bacon and have at it.
2: <laughs> uh, we actually have done both. Um, uh, we try to um, uh, follow and expand upon uh, food trends as they come along, um, but we've also done some special events where we've done um, historic meals. Uh, in the past, we did, um, uh, we used to do uh, a special event that we called Hops and Chops, and that was sounds uh, delicious. July 4th. <laughs> I'm thinking be was, beer and pork It was a special chops. July 4th event, and obviously it was about beer and meat. And we did um, a selection of various kinds of uh, chops um, uh, cooked in historic ways, like um, uh, a, a braised Braising. rack of lamb or mutton. Um, we, we did venison. We've done um, any number of other uh fun historic meals for the uh, for the hops and chops event but um for the most part our breakfasts um we try to um uh, uh always come up with brand new engaging ways to um, prepare uh somewhat familiar foods to people we don't a, a good many of our guests um aren't necessarily interested in um really strange or bizarre crazy foo foo type meals um so at the same time uh, we try to keep things semi familiar um, but we put a little twist on it.
0: Awesome. Now tell me about because you hinted at this a little bit earlier, what was your biggest entrepreneurial fight and how did you work through it?
1: Mm.
3: I I don't know if there was a specific fight or instance, but um pretty soon on we realized that um respecting each other's time was starting to become an issue because we're so customer facing literally in our living room um, and and we're so like the guests always come first, you know, for we both believe in that. So in order to make sure that everything is getting done for the guest in a timely manner, whatever it may be, we were starting to step on each other's um, time. Like, no, you need to do this. Well, I'm serving ice right now, or I have to get this person, you know, so we just were starting to not respect each other's, time. And so before it became a knockdown drag out that main street talked about, um, for years to come, um, we realized that we just needed to really communicate better. Um, so, you know, it was all for the right reasons, you know, for guests and stuff, but we just like, we were fighting as to who was getting priority, um, for the guests, if that makes any sense. So that would be sort of an answer to your question.
0: (laughs) It was sort of an answer to my question. Yeah. Uh, Sam, do you agree? Uh,
2: I would agree with that. Okay. Um, Smart. I I don't recall any, any particular like specific knockdown drag out fight that we've ever had uh, related to the business. Um, But yeah, early on, um, uh, you know, especially after we started dividing labor more and, you know, one of us was responsible for one aspect and another was responsible for another aspect. Um, you sometimes lose sight of uh, uh, what uh, you know. What might be important to me at a particular time um, might not be more important than Sharon serving one of our customers. So, uh, if I needed a piece of information or something like that to do something that I was doing and I wanted it right then and there, um, you know, it, it, it created a uh, sometimes a, sense, a a little bit of tension. But um, we kind of overcame that pretty quickly by uh, just learning to communicate. And, um, you know, if if I was uh, really busy working on, you know, crunching numbers in a spreadsheet or something like that, and um, I knew that I didn't want to be bothered, I would make sure that I let Sharon know ahead of time instead of snapping her head off if she came to me needing something when I was in the middle of it. So communication has uh, open lines of communication has been extremely important to us.
1: And I think um, when When we were talking about the division of labor before and you guys said, you know, we both did everything and and you kind of need to know all the different jobs in, in your business. But it became apparent you have that entrepreneurial disagreement and people think, oh, well, that's horrible that you have this this, you know, disagreement with the person you love and whatever. And you think it's horrible, especially if you've not been in business Yet with your with your spouse or significant other, but you guys have just proven that that disagreement that you know little spat or whatever actually helped you to go back and say, okay, this is how we divide up the labor. This is how we check in with each other. This is how we run a more efficient ship. So the the bad times it truly has a silk. I don't want to call them bad times, but you know the the parts that don't go you know smooth as silk have a true silver lining and, and they help you improve upon your business. If like you guys did so very well, you stop and you say, okay, there's a situation. Let's figure out how to do it better.
2: Absolutely. Um, one of the things that, uh, my grandfather used to always say is, uh, you, uh, you just have to be careful not to, ha- you, you can't have too many chiefs and not enough Indians. And I would say that any small business, it doesn't really matter what it is. Um, when you have a small number of employees and everybody's uh, all equally making a lot of decisions, you run into the, into the problem of everybody, uh, wanting to be the chief and not the Indian. So you just got to make sure that, um, You know, when you have adequate division of labor and you communicate what your needs are.
0: And no insult to our Native American friends.
1: (laughs) Yeah, why do we have to say this nowadays? I don't know. Anyway.
0: But everybody understands the lesson. That's right. So there you go, because that's what his grandpappy used to say. That's
2: right. That's right. That's right. Uh, I knew, he was a good country boy from Eastern Virginia. That, you know,
0: <laughs> w- w- when you—it's it, funny—and I'm just going to digress for a second here. When you said, "Well, like my grandfather used to say," in my head, knowing that you're from the sticks of Texas somewhere, or, it's not sorry, the sticks oh, of Texas—that's Texas. right. There are no sticks; it was dry plains of West Texas and the
1: Appalachian Mountains. In,
0: in my head, I'm hearing Grandpappy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I heard. I—I so I, I just amused myself. That's all. It doesn't take much. Continue, bear. <laughs> I shall. So tell me some of the joys that you guys experience being together twenty four seven.
1: We already
3: had a really good um, marriage, and you know part of part of that was, you know, respecting Sam for a lot of the, a lot of the things he was really good at. And then when we started the business, that just Comes even more into play, so it's just it's just deepening that relationship and that partnership, and um watching someone I love be really darn good at something it's why it's sexy <laughs> it is I have
1: to agree with you it is so sexy. <laughs> you find me sexy, okay, you're digressing too much oh <laughs>
2: <laughs> i I would agree a hundred percent i uh, I find it, um, immensely attractive to have, uh, to be a partner with someone who's good at something and watching them be good at something. And, um, uh, it's, uh, probably one of the, the greatest joys of, of, what we've done is, um, uh, that we have been able to, uh, like Sharon said, we started off with a strong partnership. Um, but when you're business partners and, as well as, um, personal partners, um, if you do it well, then 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 the partnership grows, and um, that's probably been one of the greatest things is that uh, we we're really partners in life, in addition to partners in business. So it's 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 been um, uh, very uh, healthy and happy for that to take place. And,
0: and I think it's great that you guys you you are for the most part together twenty four seven because your your business is in your home. And your clients come to you in your home. Uh, and they spend the night. And they spend the yeah. night.
2: We, we literally live in our business.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that, that's pretty cool. And you you have really learned your lessons along the way. So now you have – it sounds like you have everything running really smooth and efficiently, and it just goes – I mean, I'm sure there's always a hiccup now and then. You know, sure. that darn person who puts a bad review on TripAdvisor
2: hate them that right. never happens have you looked at our reviews they're all really good they are they all all really good <laughs>
0: Stop it <laughs> It sounds like we really need to dig into those reviews
2: no
1: i think I. you know I, I, j- now i'm really going off on a tangent but when you see good review good review good review good review one bad review good review good review good review you know what it's not the restaurant or the hotel, or the innkeeper's fault if you spent the weekend fighting with your spouse, okay? It's your fault. That's all <laughs> I'm saying on that topic. Because <laughs> you can tell that's what happened when you read the
0: review. Yeah, you can. <laughs> now, tell, tell us if you guys have... Um, what was I asked? Oh, that's a two, one or two things that you do to separate your business time from your family time. And it must be really yeah. difficult... In this situation I'm trying to figure out how you would do it. So tell me how you do it, if you do it.
3: We do it. We do it in I guess one or like you mentioned, one or two ways. Um when we don't have a lot of time, sometimes it's a huge train to just get everything done, dash out for lunch, come back and then continue on with the day. Um, you know, kind of in between people checking out of the house and checking in and so we'll just grab just a little bit like an hour's worth of breath together Um, and then when we need a bigger breath we we've learned (laughs) the hard way we go away from the house for vacation Um, we don't always take a vacation every year I'm sure like any other business owner it just depends on what's going on or if we need to take the money and invest into a huge capital project in the house or or in the business Um, but when we take a vacation and it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's fa- just visiting family, friends, or just going away from everybody we know. Um, we go away and just get out of being – we love our house, but we've got to – the key for any innkeeper to keep sane is to get out of the house for uh, a little while. So th- those are our two things. And when we do it, we we don't talk shop. We, we, talk, we make sure that we can still talk about other things other than the business.
2: It's important to make sure that um... – uh, you have some uh, interests and um, life experience outside of the business because you don't want it, the business to be all-consuming. One, one of the great things about um, the Town of Orange is that there's actually a plethora of outstanding little restaurants here. Uh, to be such a small town, it's, uh, it's actually got a good number uh, both in the Town of Orange and in the surrounding area and some of the neighboring towns. Um, and so it's, it's actually really great for us to um, just kind of take Uh, Like Sharon said, even if it's just an hour for lunch um, to just leave the house, go check out um, what's new at some of the the nearby restaurants and uh, just take an hour and just talk about something other than business. We kind of have set that rule where um, if we're out on a little mini date like that, um, we talk about anything but the business. Um just to make sure that uh, that there's some balance there, and then yeah, like Sharon said any any chance that uh, we do take a vacation uh, there's no such thing as a staycation for us. We make sure that we we uh, physically separate ourselves. Um, the other thing that we can that we do is um, uh, our uh, property is large enough that uh, we've able we're able to somewhat segment our private space um, at the end so that um, it's important that each person. Um, sometimes have the ability to uh, physically remove themselves and go do something on their own. Uh, I, I have an office um, in a separate part of the house, so sometimes I can just go down there and and, uh, and hang out if I want to, or um, Sharon can go to her space and read a book, or uh, it's important to have that physical separation sometimes as well, just to Uh, you want to remain independent people, even though it's a a tight partnership, it's a partnership of individuals. So, you know, you want to maintain that individuality.
0: Absolutely. And I really like the idea of when you vacation, you vacation. That's it. You you shut the door behind you. Don't talk shop. Uh, Catherine and I just recently had a vacation. We've gone for 12 days and we made sure we did not talk shop Except when some of the clients decided to email us with problems, we just said we're on vacation and we're not dealing with it. That's right. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, it's it's that that is turning it off really helps because you you guys are at it every day. I mean, I'm I'm going to assume you're booked nearly every day of the year, so there's no real downtime except those quick lunches. And then, then I'm sure you probably, as you're at lunch, you probably worry that somebody's trying to check in or check out or we'll look for you for something. Uh, So there's got to be stress in those relaxing lunches.
2: There is. um, We do actually get a fair amount of support from family. And so um, if Sharon and I truly just need some time away, uh, we can get somebody to at least cover the phone for us Um, or uh, sometimes not. Sometimes we'll literally just close the house, um, set the answering machine, lock the front door, and just go take some time. And it's important to do that periodically.
0: I, I have to agree with you. Uh, it really helps clear the brain. So yeah. now so now, tell me if you guys have read any particular books relating to business that have really helped you along in your entrepreneurial career that you could recommend to our listeners.
3: I'm afraid a lot of what we do is very industry related as opposed to just business in general. So a lot of what we A lot of what we read is incredibly, fabulously interesting. Um, It has to do with the travel and food industry. Um, But on the fun side, we do get – I do read cookbooks now. Like I read them and it's a lot of fun. Instead of just kind of flipping through or searching online, um, there's a lot of information to be had in reading a cookbook. So –
2: It's part of uh – our entrepreneurial and adventurous nature. Uh, me, in particular, I actually um, I sort of eschew reading um, books like that because I, I kind of want to forge my own ground and make my own decisions and my own mistakes. And goodness knows I've made plenty of those. Um, so you know I can't really say that there's been any particular book that's inspired me or um, coached us in any way. We've we've kind of done it the old-fashioned way of um, trial and error, um, uh, just doing what we feel is right, and uh, so far it's worked out pretty well.
0: It sounds like you have it all figured out, which is great. Catherine's well, looking at me. That's maybe. good. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say it's all.
2: It's not really, but <laughs> I, I didn't want it.
0: I didn't want it to come out sounding that way. It was not. It was. Honestly... <laughs> I wouldn't say we've got it
2: all figured out. We we're always learning. But yeah, I, um, I, I, We've I, been successful so far.
0: Yeah, I didn't want it to come out sounding like being sarcastic, uh, and I and. When I said you had all you came, you had problems. You worked through them. You figured out. Move on. Uh,
1: and, and you're reading the business books that apply specifically to your business. I know um, my mom used to read cookbooks because they, a lot of them. You know now you can go on the internet and you could find a recipe. You need to make something. You find a recipe for the internet. But yeah, I I have to agree. Sitting down with a cookbook. Because they, they'll they tell stories about the recipes or if it's, you know, if it's a celebrity chef or something, they'll usually give you a little bit of history and where this came from. And
0: As a matter of fact, one of the couples that we interviewed uh, several months ago, I'm friends with him on Facebook and he just said today, I'm finally sitting down to to write my cookbook because he's a chef, to write my cookbook because I have so many stories related to the food.
3: Yep. yep.
1: So and that's that, what I love about it. That could be pretty fun for people. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: That's actually what I enjoy the most about, the f- about food in general. I, I guess it's part of my history and research background. I, I don't want to just know what the ingredients are. I want to know um, why those ingredients are, what they are. I want to know uh, what, the, what the history of the food is. Um, you know, generally speaking, especially if it's regional cuisine, there's a reason why it's regional cuisine. I, I like to know all of that. So it, it, it kind of uh, our business sort of suits that interest of mine.
0: And that works for you. That's yeah. that's great. Um, i got to read more cookbooks, too, just because. <laughs> <laughs> now don't it, do it when you're hungry. Oh, God, no. <laughs> then I'll get fatter than I already am. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> that's you. You don't go shopping hungry either.
2: Exactly. Never go to the grocery store hungry. That's
0: right. So now, if you can give our listeners just one piece of advice, what would it be?
3: I think to go back to what we were talking about before, it's to make sure to create – Continue to create personal experiences together outside of the business. Um, I, I liken it to what, I guess, some of our empty nest couples talk about, how what they're doing, you know, coming to the area, staying at our inn and reconnecting. So once they're done with the incredibly all-consuming business of raising their children and if they had not been paying attention to each other as a couple, it's very difficult to get back to uh, the, the that, the joys of the personal relationship. And so I would say, don't let that happen to you. Don't wait until you're an empty nester and realize that there's nothing left other than that business that you just stopped or sold or, you know, it, it failed on you. You know, there's gotta be, you have to keep working on yourself as a couple, um, and create fun experiences that you can also talk about and look, look back on. It's, it can't just be the business. Um, and it's so easy to Well, especially for us, we're in the same house all day long, 24 seven. And, um, we still, we still have to go out on a date and not talk about business. Um, even though we see each other's mugs all day long. So
0: you said (laughs) that that with such contempt, (laughs) He is a mug. (laughs) Loving contempt.
2: (laughs) I would say um, to answer that question, um, uh, have the self-confidence to go with your gut because uh, generally speaking, um, your gut knows if something is right or wrong. And if something feels like it's wrong, it probably is. Um, And a a lot of people uh, try to second guess themselves or um, ask 45 people for advice. Um, when, when they kind of already know what the answer is, they just don't really have the self confidence to say, Hey, I, I know what feels right for me, and, and I need to just go do it. Um, that's, that's served us well, um, you know, just having the self confidence to follow your intuition.
0: I, I like that. As a matter of fact, there have been a few times where, you know, I had a bad feeling about a particular client, but I didn't say anything. Uh, we mm-hmm. brought them on and then they turned out to be exactly what I thought they were going to be. So uh, I, <laughs> I like that. Have, have the confidence to follow your gut and, and to bring it up with your spouse, your business partner.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Without a doubt. And, uh, there've been times where, um, uh, you know, I, maybe I'm not as close to a particular situation and Sharon is, and, you know, she's trying to discuss it with me and, and, um, You know, and and she'll tell me, you know, my gut says to do this. And I might be disagreeing with her on the surface. But as soon as she says that, I say, all right, you you know, go with it. We'll go with it. If that's what your gut's telling you, that's what your gut's telling you.
1: Yeah, gut reaction is so – I think in this society we um, downplay it, but it's so important. And there are a lot of good books out there um, that are talking more about, uh, you know, listening to your gut reaction and everything. So very cool. Um, We've been talking about food. The whole interview because it's a bed and breakfast and they do food.
0: And food is my friend.
1: Food is, yeah, food is our friend. Um, but let's get to the nitty and the gritty of food. What is your favorite meal to cook together? Or if that sounds like too much work, cause you kind of cook for a living too. What is your favorite meal at your favorite restaurant?
3: I think we both agree that Thanksgiving's actually our favorite meal to cook together. Um, Thanksgiving was a big deal in my family and we always opened our doors to friends, um, and, 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 neighbors that didn't have a ton of family, you know, to, to go and visit. So it was always a big deal. And it was, uh, it was something that Sam really got excited of being, you know, you know, being a part of once we, we got together and then got married and we do the same thing here, actually at the end, I wanted to make sure we continued the tradition being near the DC area there's a lot of folks that um, live there for just a few years. And so they're separated from um, from family. And a lot of times they get together for the holidays instead. So, you know, how many, how many times can you fly across the world back to your family? So we open our home. We cook a huge Thanksgiving um, traditional buffet. We, we really pull out all the stops for dinner. And so it's just a fun twist. You know, we try and pull out all the stops for breakfast. And so it's a nice, it's a fun twist to do it. For such a good reason for dinner. So that's, that's kind of our favorite meal to cook together.
1: That is a fun... If, you've, if you plan it out, you know, and don't try to go crazy at the last minute, Thanksgiving is a really, really fun meal to, to cook together. I as think. long
0: as you don't do a turducken.
1: As long as you don't do a turducken. There's there no turducken here. <laughs> There's no turducken. All right. Last question in the food round. Red, white, or beer?
2: Beer. Without a question. At least for me. Um, Probably uh, uh, my favorites are um, American and English brown ales and um, German dunkels, Um, but one of the fantastic aspects of this part of the country is that there's a lot of really excellent local uh, locally made beer. And, um, and we, we make it a policy here at the end to only, uh, uh, serve uh, local wine and local beer. That's great. Uh, the Virginia wine industry is actually one of the top wine industries, uh, one of the top wine growing States in the country. And so, uh, wine is, um, uh, a top attraction in our area and and now uh, a growing uh, beer culture is is starting to emerge and um, i've enjoyed truly enjoyed um, starting to learn about some of the local breweries and sampling what they 've got
1: it 's that research and development again
2: yeah, you know just can 't get enough r and d around here,
1: <laughs> and once again, Barry wants to be Sam when he grows up and did you, did you do the little two year old giggle when he said uh german dunkel i did oh dear lord (laughs) and my my 24
2: never grow up that's
1: oh i
0: don't i never will trust me
1: (laughs) and sharon are you a big beer fan or are you more red or white
3: i i like white and beer but really my obsession unfortunately right now is um there's a local hard cider um called bold rock which is really really good and right now that's about all i'm drinking so oh,
0: that's <laughs> a big good. thing now yeah hard cider
3: yeah. is
1: really good hard cider. Yep, i hate really to be
3: good. trendy but it is really good so that's that's what i'm drinking right now
1: be trendy if it makes you happy who cares <laughs> yeah exactly
3: you know if the i west,
2: could the western part of virginia historically has a uh has, has had a vibrant um apple growing and cider industry and that's sort of uh went by the wayside for um a pretty good while, but now it's coming back uh, as a result of of the hard cider trend. And so there's there's a growing number of uh, really good hard cideries here in central Virginia. So...
1: That's good that, been good for Sharon. <laughs> yeah, that's good that it's, that it's coming back. And don't ever feel bad about being trendy because sometimes it'll stick with you. And darn it, if I could find Zima again, I would. So, ah, <laughs> yes, <Ma. laughs>
3: Zima. I have fond memories of the Zima. That's right. Are
0: they really fond memories? They
1: are. <laughs> Zima's not
0: that bad, doesn't it?
1: It's not that bad. No. Anyway. <laughs> so let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we've got a pet peeve. Hey everybody, we know you love audio. Why else would you be listening to this podcast? Through audible.com, Together 24/7 listeners can get a free audiobook. That's a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. Just go to www.audibletrial.com/together. Again, the website is www.audibletrial.com slash together.
0: Listeners, you have a business. You need a website. There are a million choices out there, so where do you turn? Well, HostGator.com has one-click WordPress installs, or you can use their drag-and-drop website builder. They also have service and support available around the clock every day of the year, so you know you're in good hands. They already have low prices, and now HostGator.com has taken it a step further for our listeners. Use promo code together two four seven to get twenty five percent off their hosting services. Don't wait. Hit pause now and sign up at HostGator dot com. Unless you're driving, then wait till you get where you're going. Remember, use promo code together two four seven to get an additional twenty five percent off at HostGator dot com. And we're back, Catherine. It's
1: pet peeve time. It is pet peeve time. Sharon's got it. Sharon's got a good one, and so. You know, we, we have a friend, uh, Barry and I, and on Facebook, she is the grammar police. So Sharon, I guess you are the Facebook grammar police maybe for some of, you know, some of your friends' posts, or you just, you just like shake your head and wonder, but tell us about your pet peeve. My pet peeve is that a lot is actually
3: a lot with a space. And it just grinds my teeth when I see it as a lot.
0: And it, it's two words, one L. That's right. Correct. Because how many times have you seen it? A-L-L-O-T.
1: Oh, that's another one. Yeah. Or two T's. Oh, no, two that T's. does not exist. <laughs> oh, I've never seen it with two T's. That must be fascinating.
0: <laughs>
1: to, <laughs> to Maybe it's it. Swedish. <laughs> Maybe it's Swedish. So, it, so uh, listening audience is A space L-O-T. Yes, please, for the
3: love of everything good and holy in this world. (laughs) That's
1: right. That's right. So it's a a good pet peeve, and it has taught some of our listeners uh, a very important lesson. And that being said, Sharon, Sam, uh, Holiday House Bed and Breakfast, if you are thinking about your next vacation, uh, definitely go and check them out, uh, holidayhousebnb.com. But that's all going to be on the website because all of you people are looking for it like holiday christmas you want
0: me to finish this up because i hear your nose right. closed yeah. up yep your i, I have a little
1: bit of a cold so go ahead and finish it
0: up all I'm right there. folks so everything's going to be on the show notes page but it is holidayhousebnb.com, and that's holiday like doc holiday h-o-l-l-a-d-a-y uh house bnb.com uh their facebook page pinterest google plus email address all is going to be on the show notes page and sharon and sam elswick We appreciate having you on the show. We thank you very much. Uh, You guys are so much fun. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Bye.
3: Thanks for having
0: us. Okay. Bye-bye. We want to thank you again for listening. Be sure to go to iTunes to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, and review it. And if you have any suggestions, just email us directly together at together247.net.